Welcome to the Wholehearted Eating Podcast, where non-diet nutrition, weight-inclusive care, and integrative health collide. We're your hosts, Dana Montes and Christina Hoyt, licensed integrative clinical nutritionists and body image coaches. And we believe you deserve to have a joyful relationship with food in your body, even if you have a chronic health condition or symptoms that just won't quit. On this show, together and with our guests, we're bringing the real talk, no BS5 with tangible tools to help you pursue health and wellness without obsession or restriction. Remember our disclaimer, this podcast is meant for general information purposes only and should not be taken as a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hey there, friends, and welcome back to the Wholehearted Eating Podcast. So it is the last episode of the month, which means this is the last episode where we will be exclusively focusing on intuitive fitness. Next month, we think you guys are going to love it because we are going to go on to exclusively or, you know, kind of talking about body image. Of course, there's a lot of crossover between things like fitness and body image, food and body image. So it really all blends together. But this is why we wanted to go on from intuitive fitness to talking about body image back to back. For today's episode, our guest is Becky Scott, the creator of Misfits Workout. So Becky found body positivity and fat liberation in her early 30s after a lifetime of self-hate, failed diet and exercise regimes. And by following bloggers and influencers, she began to challenge her views on the diet industry to find peace with her body and grow in self-confidence. She finally rediscovered her love of dance and joyful movement and found it super liberating. So she began to blog about her experiences as a plus-size, health-at-every-size fitness enthusiast and became a This Girl Can ambassador in her home country. So Becky has since trained as a fitness instructor and now leads her own dance-based exercise classes, which is where Misfits Workout came from. She promotes a holistic approach to fitness and well-being that's not about aesthetics. She's more about building confidence than muscle, more about losing inhibitions rather than inches, which you know we love. So Becky's approach offers a great introduction to dance-based group fitness for those who don't really feel at home in the gym with a plus-size instructor who has designed routines with plus-size bodies in mind. And on today's episode, we are going to be digging into microaggressions in the fitness industry, the problematic worth it aspect of exercise, how to create more inclusive fitness spaces, and the work that Becky is doing with Fit Pros Against Weight Stigma. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Wholehearted Eating. We have Becky Scott with us today from Misfits Workout, and we are so excited that you're here, Becky. And we would love to start off by, we like asking all of our guests um, to tell us a little bit about your story and how you got to be Misfits Workout. Oh, cool. The idea that I am Misfits Workout, that's quite cool. I like it. Um, so yeah, my name's Becky and I am now a fat fitness instructor. I um, have enjoyed exercise on and off my whole life, but it had always been with the focus of weight loss for a very long time because I um, had bought into that idea that that's what the point of exercise was um and uh so kept giving up on things because they weren't working in the like you know in the old definition of what i thought working was um and so i'd move on to the next thing and the next thing and then i actually through various different things kind of found out about body positivity in its truest sense and um and then fat liberation and then intuitive eating and all of those kinds of different ideas sort of 
sort of came together and I kind of realized that what I thought were all of the answers to these questions or to the to the problems that I thought I had in life weren't necessarily real they were kind of constructed by the world and that actually I could enjoy the things that I enjoyed doing and I could eat the things that I enjoyed eating and that I didn't have to be full of self-hate that all of those things could didn't have to be and that I could enjoy moving my body I started doing um dance classes and realized after having given it up as a child because I didn't think it was you know it wasn't wasn't working for me whatever that was supposed to mean I gave it all up and then found dancing again in adult life probably my early 30s and really enjoyed it and then discovered Zumba and like more kind of aerobic -y kind of workouts and street dance and I was like this is what I love and um, I really enjoyed doing it as a participant for several years and then a couple of different people had said to me over the years that they thought I'd be quite good as to teach it and I was like no that's not what I'm looking for no 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 but then a few people had said it and I thought do you know what actually there is a space to create something a little bit different that uh, is within the fitness world and is about fitness and moving our bodies but away from that kind of toxic diet culture which I kept sort of bumping into so I would feel really confident and really enjoy something and then someone would make a comment that would make me feel a little uneasy um, and it's like those little microaggressions and I just decided I wanted a space that was free from those microaggressions so I didn't have to feel shame or feel bothered about my body and I thought if that matters to me it might matter to other people and if I sit around waiting for someone else to do it, it may never happen. So basically, I got the opportunity to do the training um, and thought, well, I'll try it. And if nobody comes, I'll forget about this and get on with my life. Um, but that didn't happen. Um, people started coming and uh, I've got classes that are face to face um, locally. And then during the pandemic, I've also been doing classes online. So we've now got a our little misfits community spreads throughout the UK and well, um, yeah, and into little bits of Europe. And I've had some people from all over the globe that have taken part in classes. So what started off as a little kind of twinkle of an idea has kind of grown into something that I didn't even know I didn't know other people needed and I probably didn't know I needed um so yeah it's sort of it feels like it's been one little kind of uh, accident or thing after another but maybe like this is where I was always supposed to be and what I was always supposed to do those are the and... most beautiful things though right when they start off as <laughs> yeah, these totally. little seeds of ideas and then they grow into everything that it's become so mm. So yeah, it's kind of like if it, I hadn't dreamt for what I've got now or where I'm probably going next, but um, as I've kind of like chipped away at what is important to me, it's sort of blossomed really is the way I like to think of it. So yeah, it's kind of like um, saying yes and making the most of opportunities rather than telling myself that I can't do it. That's how we've got here. I've been open to the possibility that maybe there is more that I can give and more that I can be involved in. Well, we're so glad that you that you said yes, you know, to that inner voice inside you that said, I want to do something different and um, I want to make this space available. And we're so glad that this space is available for yourself and now that you're spreading it out to so many people who really need it. Um, earlier, though, I want to go back to something you said a little bit earlier, and it was a small little nugget, but for some of our readers, they um, you mentioned uh, the truest sense of body positivity. 
And I would love for the readers who maybe only know the, for lack of a better word, the fitspo, inspo version or hashtag body positivity bopo people out there that don't know the truest sense of body positivity, I would love for you to drop a little knowledge on that so people can be educated. Yeah, I can tell you a little bit, but you, um, there are, there is a lot to learn and I don't deem myself to be an expert. I know my version of what I've read. So there might be things that I say that don't ring true to other people, but, um, in terms of the, what, what I mean when I say the truest sense of body positivity is like, this has been born from fat liberation. This is about, um, it is for all bodies, but essentially it's about looking at those bodies that are the most marginalized. Um, and in, the, in body positivity, that is about fat bodies. It is about um, people of color. It's about, um, you know, primarily it was um, created by black women, uh, black fat women, because they were being left out of things. You know, they weren't able to uh, live their lives to the fullest. So that's where it was born. Um, and that is, you know, that is the essence of what this is about. It's about making sure that all marginalized bodies can belong um, and recognizing that the, um, the, the privilege that we have or that we don't have, like there's a scale here. So we can all experience um, body image issues. That's not what this is about. It's about the political situation here, about how um, bigger bodies experience more issues um, in society than those in smaller bodies. So for example, I'm in a bigger body. Um, so it's harder for me to find clothes. It's harder for me to um, sit comfortably on an airplane or in most public seating. Like that is an awkward situation and stressful situation for me. So it's about redressing that balance rather than the kind of fitspo version of body positivity, which is about um, embracing our bodies, which sure is absolutely important for every single one of us. But this is more about the kind of political level of that, that you don't hear as much about in the traditional body positivity um, hashtags, if that makes sense. Yeah. So speaking of, you know, more along the lines of this conversation and talking about the political aspects, one of the things you mentioned in your story as well is like microaggressions, right? And so we, when we commonly think of microaggressions, we think of racial microaggressions, right? Or against other people in marginalized bodies. But can you talk a little bit more about what that looks like when you're in a larger body, especially because people... <laughs> don't realize, especially when this happens to someone in a larger body, that they're doing a microaggression because it's something that's so like accepted and promoted by society? Oh yeah, absolutely. So there are, it's, there are so many things. The one that immediately spring to mind is, oh, you're so pretty for a fat girl. Like, oh, you know, like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, or things like, oh, but I'm only saying it because I'm worried about your health. Um, there's all kinds of things in fitness spaces, um, which uh, I was experiencing. It was the idea that I'd have people come up to me and going, well done you, you'll get there. Like four years into going to the gym, like, I'm literally here, like this is all I'm trying to do is be here and move my body. You do not need to assume that I am some sort of before um, picture, like this is it, this is how I'm gonna be. Or the assumption of like, oh, how much weight have you lost? Those, those kinds of things can be like, they make us feel shameful in our bodies. They make us feel 
I mean, it made me feel angry quite a lot of the time. And my responses may not have been the most measured. Like I sometimes would be like, actually, no, I'm just fat. Like that's perfectly fine. And what is meant as a compliment or is meant to be something that is supportive of people is actually quite, um, yeah, ag aggressive. And it does, it does feel like that, that there's an assumption that people know about your experience or what it's like for you. Um, and they just don't like, they just don't. Well, it's just, so, it's so uh, stigmatizing and discriminatory, right? Because when I hear that, all I think is, so you're saying that something's wrong with me? Like, that's basically what that is. Even if you cloak it with kind of this polite societally, like approved way of saying it, it's really just uh, further like influencing that, <clears throat> that cultural belief around that we need to change our body size in order to be fit or healthy or any of the above. And to me, that's what the truest sense of body positivity is, is that you don't have to do any of that and you can live in your body uh, as it is and be weight inclusive and you shouldn't have to be um, exposed to stigma or, um, or discrimination, especially like I know it happens a lot in the medical field, which is why weight inclusive care is really important to, to me and I know to Dana too. Um, and so to me, I, I think that those are the, that's what you're describing to me, like those microaggressions. And I just want to like say it, like that's discrimination and it's, and it's stigmatizing. And when people say that, um, to me, it's showing way more about their beliefs about bodies than it says anything about the person that they're saying it to. Yeah, absolutely. I had, um, recently I posted on, um, on World Obesity Day, which was, uh, um, I posted like a joke post about how it was great that we were having a day to celebrate, to celebrate fat people, knowing full well that's not what it's about. Um, and I had quite a few, it obviously got shared in one of these kind of like fat hate kind of groups. So I got a whole bunch of kind of comments and somebody was like, and by the way, body positivity is not for you. It's for like burns victims or people that are, you know, born with a, like born with a disfigurement. It's not for fat people who who can't be bothered to and you kind of think like firstly i just don't have the time to unpick where that is coming from or where they've got their information because i just don't get it but you just kind of the anger that people have towards the idea that i can feel okay and happy in my body um, and to dare to be in exercise spaces that are all about um you know most fitness programs are advertised on the back of how it will change your aesthetic rather than about how it will make you feel or about how it's good for your mental health i mean those sorts of things are starting to change. You're starting to see like the body coach in the UK. I don't know if Joe Wicks is, um, if he's international or if he's just in the UK, but he's a big deal in the UK. Um, and he is now starting to talk a little bit more about mental health, but all of his previous workouts have all been about like literally changing your aesthetic and about losing weight. So, um, but there's a difference between doing that in order to sell stuff and a difference to, between doing that because it actually makes people feel better. Like, um and and exercise is not medicine like it's not it's not going to change things for everyone if somebody's feeling depressed coming to my class is not going to change that um but for other people being like connecting with other people moving their bodies there are benefits there that don't have to be like it's not about changing the way that our bodies look
Yeah, especially if that. Sorry, I feel like I had a rant. No, there. I loved that <laughs> rant. I feel like we've been all kind of on the same page about it. But I, I feel like even more, especially, I think it's only that type of environment that you're describing, as long as it's a safe environment for all people and all bodies, right? Because then, um, like you're like you're saying, those microaggressions and that perspective from a lot of fitness instructors around aesthetics make it an unsafe environment for people who are in you know a fat body or a large body or however they identify and and two if you are um uh, also what what was the word i'm looking for like if you're also um maybe i don't know just look if it's just not safe or what i meant was if you're not if you have like an eating disorder background right too in addition to right you don't they're not one and the same or even if even if it's separate to mm -hmm. like i've got um like the the kind of integral way that fitness and diet culture have become one thing is quite problematic for me like absolutely um if there are there can be more than one way of ac accessing fitness like it should be possible to access fitness spaces and not have that diet culture language there will always be a market for weight loss like we're sent uh, like we've like decades into probably it's probably more than a century that we've been policing bodies now like that is always going to be a thing people will always want to make their bodies smaller um but we can chip away at that market a little bit and not as many of us as before you know can decide to not do that so there should be a space for us to go and enjoy movement that is away from that like that can still exist but it doesn't have to like bleed into this other part like the two can exist can coexist together um and in as, as lovely as it would be to what's from the fitness industry altogether which uh, uh, and diet culture from the win in fitness industry i realize that that is not a realistic aim i realize that it's about offering variety so that people have a choice to opt in and opt out rather than it being the only option um, and that that for me is the thing like it is not okay for people who have had disordered eating habits um, or full-blown eating disorders to be asked to calorie count or keep food diaries um, in order to access an exercise program like it is not necessary um, most fitness instructors are not nutritionists they don't have qualifications in that area it's outside of their scope of practice it's outside of my scope of practice I don't tell anybody what they should and shouldn't eat like that's not that's not my lane like I should be keeping well out of that and so should all of the other fitness instructors that are selling weight loss plans like it's just not okay <laughs> Right. Well, there's so many layers to this conversation as well, because when we're thinking about not only do we want to make the fitness space more inclusive for everybody in all kinds of bodies, but it seems like there's a huge blockade there for most people because for many different reasons, people have felt like, oh, fitness isn't for me because fill in the blank. I'm in a larger body. I'm in a disabled body. I'm not in an able body, you know, whatever it is. But then there's this other massive blockade in the way of like, I don't want to be inundated with information every time I set foot in any kind of fitness space that says, I am not welcome here and I should be losing weight. And I think one of the things that also plays into this because fitness culture and diet culture are so intertwined that there's this really misconception that exercise has to be, you know, quote unquote, like worth it in order for it to be a workout right so could you talk a little bit more about the quote-unquote like worth it aspect of exercise oh uh, well i guess like we 
I don't know. I feel like there is an assumption that you have to uh, work out for like an hour, for example, like we have a set time period or you can work twice as hard for half an hour. You know, like there's that kind of like assumption that there's a certain amount of time that you have to uh, to be spent exercising. We've also like really had it conditioned that we should have our heart rate at a certain level, like because we're told that that's the fat burning zone is what we're told. Um, but, you know, that if you don't get your heart rate up, then that doesn't count. Um, you know there's all kinds of things all around like being able to like you know up your load so you'll be lifting heavier weights or you'll be doing all of those kinds of things that you always have to be like kind of giving it your all and pushing yourself more and sure if you are trying to improve your fitness you may decide that you need to lift heavier weights or climb a bigger incline or you know increase your speed and that kind of thing but you don't have to like you could just be going you could just go for a walk every day um the same amount of distance the same um you know the same tempo the same speed and it would be beneficial like that movement would be beneficial it doesn't have to always be more than you did last time um and like it all counts like cleaning your house counts as movement dancing in the kitchen while you're boiling the kettle counts as movement it can be those small moments P playing with my kids like going on a dog walk throwing the ball for the dog all of those kinds of things all count it doesn't have to be that i'm doing three one hour workouts where i get my heart rate up and that i get sweaty and red faced like sometimes that happens and sometimes that's great and sometimes that's what i want or what i need but that's not the only workouts that count um yeah, I feel like I've tried what I've tried to do with some of my like YouTube videos and that kind of thing is do like kind of short snippets. So they're like 10 minute videos, you always warm up and you always cool down because that's like a safety thing. So that feel fills some of the time. But the bit in the middle, where you're kind of warmed up and doing whatever it is that you're doing, you can pick whether you want something that's going to get your heart, heart going or if you're going to do something that's a bit more kind of flowy or if you're going to, um, yeah, you know, you can decide what you're going to do. Do you want something that's going to punch it out? Are you feeling that, you know, what, how are you feeling? It doesn't have to just be, this is what a set workout looks like, you know, um, there's, there's some nuance there and we can just enjoy that. And like, you can just enjoy that. It doesn't have to be, have that much structure to it. As long as it's safe and as long as it feels good, like that's all you need to worry about. Yeah. I would love for you to, um, elaborate a little bit around you've used the word counts a few times like what does that mean like what is even the notion of worth it or counts in the first place like you know what does that even you know I think a lot of times to me that's always been is it going to lead to an end result and that end result always surprise surprise in diet culture world is weight loss <laughs> you know every time but I think it would be really cool if you shared a new way for people to to think about counts and think about worth it. And I would love to hear your thoughts on that. So, I mean, I guess for me, the reason I move my body is because it's good for my overall well-being. So it's not about it being like it literally has no. Well, in fact, I don't know if it has any impact on how much I weigh because I haven't weighed myself for years I have like my, my clothes size has stayed pretty much the same as far as I can tell so it's not having that it's not counting in that way um but it I feel I feel I feel more comfortable in my body like both 
confidence wise but also I have less aches and pains I feel like my muscles are stronger and supporting me in a better way I have less knee pain for example um that's also partly from not doing the high intensity stuff that I was told counted I do less of that because that doesn't feel good um it's also about connecting with other people. Like I spend time with people that are like-minded, like not necessarily into all of the same stuff as me, but they enjoy coming to my classes or I work with other fitness instructors and that connection with other people brings me fulfillment that is not uh, like not measurable in any kind of way, but it makes me feel good about who I am and what I'm doing. Um, I get to be outside, which can have its own problems as well. Like sometimes the weather's not great or this week, I got pooped on by a passing bird in my garden whilst exercising. <laughs> Although one of my class participants participants said, well, it didn't, at least it didn't go in your mouth. Oh. And I thought, well, that is true, isn't that it? That's true. I've also heard it's good luck. <laughs> I don't know why getting shit on, shit on is considered that's good what, luck. Yeah, that's what meetings. I was told. I was like, it doesn't feel like good luck <laughs> when I've got to wash my hair on a school night. <laughs> But, you know, like being outside is nice, being uh, being with people, connecting with others. Um, and for the people who come to my classes, I've got some people that um, have had never been to a group exercise class ever in their lives. They were either anxious about it, had told themselves that it could never be for them. Like, this is not what they're about. Um, or that they were worried about the sort of diet culture element that so they'd never gone but they were either people I knew or people that knew people that knew me that had told them that this would be a safe environment for them to try it and some of them have been coming now for two years now that's the longest they've ever well they've never engaged and for others it's the longest they've ever engaged with any kind of exercise and it makes them feel good and they come back because they enjoy it rather than because they feel any pressure and the same for those when they have a break and they don't come for a long time or life gets in the way or they don't want to do classes over zoom all of those kinds of things i will always say like you don't need to apologize for not coming and you can come back at any time or not or move on to other things like as long as you are enjoying existing in your body and moving in a way that feels good for you that's fine like it, it, it's a kind of anything goes kind of attitude and not having that fear or the shame that when you come back you're going to be like oh you know ooh, where have you been kind of thing or having to be in some way accountable like why do we feel we have to be accountable like they're paying to come to join my class. I'm offering a service. It's up to the customer if that's the service that they want or if they want something else. Like it's should, you know, we shouldn't have that kind of attitude around exercise. Like take part if you want, rest if you want. That's all good. Like listen to your body and stop when you're full. The same as we would with all, like with whether it's food, whether it's movement, like pay attention and listen within. Like I don't provide the social cues, you provide those cues. Which I find so refreshing and so interesting too, because I think a lot of the um, you know traditional messaging around personal trainers specifically, and then workouts is they're selling themselves as not only a trainer but as your you know quote accountability partner, which then really re-emphasizes this notion that you have to force yourself into doing fitness because it's something that you don't want to do, you know. And there's all this you know 
Pinterest, like Fitspo and whatever. It's like, no one ever regretted a good workout, you know, stuff like that. And it's like, it really goes hand in hand with this notion that diet culture really promotes of like, you can't trust your body and you shouldn't trust your body. So then we do things like learn to ignore our hunger signals and learn to ignore our fullness signals. And we get all these rules around food. And then as applied to fitness, even if we don't feel like we want to do exercise or movement or anything that day, it's like, oh, I have to do this because now it's tied up with the notion of health. And also if I gain weight because I'm not working out because people are still stuck in the calories in calories out mentality, which is antiquated, but we don't need to go there today, then they feel like it's their fault if they then gain weight and then experience the very real microaggressions like we've talked about and discrimination and injustice that happens to people who are in larger bodies, whether or not they engage in exercise because when people see you in a larger body, they just assume, oh, you must eat like crap and you must not work out. Yeah, I mean, that I get quite a lot of that. Like, people will be like, it's great that you're encouraging people to exercise, but you obviously don't eat well, like, well in inverted commas. Um, and, like, what I, what I eat is literally nobody's business but mine, and perhaps my doctor's, if I actually had a condition, like, that, where that related. Like, my, my food intake is only my business. Um, and it, like... it it actually doesn't matter but I will say it anyway like me and my husband have very very different body types um but we eat the same the same stuff the majority of the time like we don't it's not like portioned up that we have exactly the same thing all the time but I don't I weigh more than twice what he does um but I don't eat twice as much as he does um and I'm a fitness instructor and he's not like it's just the assumption that we know how people are um eat like how they eat is just it's just insane the the other thing that i was thinking before actually is i was talking to somebody about you know like intuitive eating and kind of anti-diet there's an assumption that that means that that we are the extremists in the other way so you know diet culture tells us exactly what we can eat at all times or what we can't eat there's some sort of assumption that actually the anti-diet movement is like forcing people to eat donuts for breakfast lunch and dinner like and that's just not the case like i enjoy eating a wide variety of food that may or may not contain donuts but what i have discovered and i think it might have been jess baker's book where she talked about the kind of like pendulum the idea that when you heavily restrict it then like has to swing back so you will find that you may have more of those foods that you were craving um but actually it settles down and it can take a while and for me it took a really long time i was really like you kind of sort of get into it and think oh i'm not sure that this is going to work for me but actually now that things have settled down this week the thing that i've like wanted more than anything else has been like rocket and beetroot so i'm thinking i reckon my iron levels might be low <laughs> but you know it's kind of it's not about saying it's by not restricting things it means that you don't have that same kind of craving and i think that's the same when it comes to exercise by only forcing yourself to do a particular kind of thing means like for me like exercise should be a joyful thing it should be something that it's like adult playtime you know why are we why does it have to be a workout like why do we have to see it as like a grueling thing that we do why can't it just be fun like that's what i'm not that's that's what I feel is missing. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. 
<laughs> so about that, about the joyful and having it be adult playtime. In fact, I think you may have just changed my my perspective on because I've okay, I don't know if you know this about the about me and Dana, but I I'm I love hanging out on the couch and <laughs> I don't I don't really doing movement even if it's joyful is I just like to chill like. <laughs> And I grew, I grew up doing a lot of, like a lot of heavy movement because I was a dancer. And so like I, that was drilled in. And I think in some ways it kind of ruined that relationship for me in some ways. And so it's been hard for me to get back into that joy around, around movement and what you're talking about. And I think just taking it as saying, I'm going to engage in adult playtime sounds like so much fun to me instead of you're right even just the language a workout oh it sounds like more work and I'm trying to get away from work I'm trying to hang out (laughs) and do something fun so I really love that and um there was something you were saying about food too that I just wanted to to tap into as me and Dana are both clinical nutritionists you said it's out of my scope of practice as a fitness instructor to tell you what you should and shouldn't eat. I want to let everybody know right now, it's out of our scope of practice to tell you what you should and shouldn't eat, even as nutritionists, right? It's our scope of practice to provide neutral nutrition education and provide you with the tools to learn and listen to your own body. And that's exactly what you do as a fitness instructor, right? Like you provide the tools and the education on how to have play in your life and how to have fun by moving your body and getting in tune with it without it being, it has to be this way or, you know, it's like it's either this or bust, you know? And so I really love that. And I think what I've heard from you this whole time is just this really beautiful permission slip to enjoy uh, getting in your body and moving and having fun and and not getting hung up on um, the external pieces of of what that could look like and what it needs to look like rather and what it could look like instead to be more connected to the internal feelings that we get from movement and so if there was like a little piece of advice that you would give in, you would give to a listener like me <laughs> who is still trying to untangle that you know that ingrained you know um approach with fitness what would you what kind of piece of advice would you give someone? I would say like, try all the things, like any kind of activity you get an opportunity to have a go at, like give it a try because it might be the thing that you enjoy. Um, and if you try something and you don't like it, you don't have to do it again. The same with food. Like if you try something and you don't like the taste of it, you don't have to eat it again. Approach exercise in the same way and find something that you enjoy whilst you're doing it. Like, don't just rely on the endorphins that kick in afterwards. Find something that makes you smile and brings you joy while you're doing it. You might surprise yourself. You might discover that you really like, I don't know, like muddy assault courses and boot camps and those kinds of things. You might discover that it's like pole or aerial silks or um, for me, I re- the thing I want to try next is like heavy weights. I got this real urge that I think I'm going to really enjoy lifting heavy things. And I've never done it before. And I've decided that that's the next thing on my list that I want to try. So try the things and find the things that bring you joy whilst you're doing it. Um, and it's okay to try things and not want to do them ever again, like I did with spinning. I tried spinning and I was like so angry. I wanted to walk out part way through, but the lights were off because it was like dark with like dance lights. And I was like, 
I'm never coming back here. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I try the things. I am that way with spinning. I did actually walk out of a spin class one time and I felt so bad because I was like, oh God, this is so rude. But it was like 20 minutes in and I was like, I hate everything about this. So I luckily was sitting in the back and I was just like, boop, doot, 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 like walked out of the room because I didn't want to be rude. Um, but I, as someone who also really loves lifting heavy weights, would highly recommend because there is... Let me tell you, nothing more empowering than we when you can like squat or deadlift or something, a massive amount of weight, whatever that looks like for you. And you're like, yeah, I just did that. And other people's reactions when they're like, you can lift that much weight? And it's like, uh, yeah, I can, which probably means I can also kick your ass. So stay away from me. <laughs> and now we know why Dana does it. I always thought it was because she just liked like lifting up heavy stuff, but now it's about intimidation. <laughs> well, I mean, I am a very like short and small person, so when people when people are like, "Oh my god, you lift weights," the other thing you'll run into is people just there's so many misconceptions about weightlifting itself. It's like, "Oh my god, you're gonna hurt your back," or like, "That's not good for you as a woman," which is you know, luckily becoming more and more out of date. Um, the one thing that the fitness industry has gotten right in the past couple of years is promoting more women to lift weights because it's no longer about like leaning and toning. At least the leading paradigm isn't that anymore. It's still there, unfortunately. But I mean, there's a lot of different negative messages that also go around lifting weights. It's like, oh, lift this so that you'll have, you know, it's all about aesthetics, right? Like smaller waist, bigger butt, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, can't, can't we just enjoy being strong period and then leave it there yeah and you said the word you said was empowering like that is it find the thing that empowers you that makes you feel makes you feel like good about yourself whatever that is um yeah totally and I really want to give lifting a go I think I've, I've followed quite a few people who lift on Instagram and um, both people I know in real life and people that I just aspire to um like I just like looking at their cool pictures and yeah that's the thing that I think and I probably was put off by it because of the like the the assumptions about the kind of aesthetic or the accepted in that world but from what I understand from the people that are part of the weightlifting community is that um it's a much more accepting community than a lot of other fitness communities um so and and I'm a lot braver now I'm not so worried about what people say or think in fact, I love their reaction when I tell them I'm a fitness instructor. <laughs> well, it's actually, it's really empowering. Now, I can't speak from my own experience because I am in a smaller body, right? But what I've heard is it's really empowering to be in a not conventionally straight size body or to be in a larger body when you're in something like weightlifting or powerlifting because the more weight you have on your body, the easier it is to lift heavier weights. Here's one that like when I think that might also be more of why the, you know, specifically like strongman or powerlifting or weightlifting communities, because you are at an advantage to be in a larger body in those communities. And if you're not competing, which competing in weightlifting is a whole nother beast because you do have to be in a certain weight class, right? So you have to weigh and everything. But if you're not doing that and you're just doing it for fun, it's like, oh, this is so great. And then when someone, I can't wait for you to experience someone's reaction. You're like, wait, you're a fitness instructor? And you're like, yeah. And I can also squat two, 300 pounds, whatever. They'll be like, um, 
wow, like that's really impressive. And that will make them shut up so fast. I just, I can't wait for that for you. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely something about being visible though in the fitness world in a fat body. Like for those of us that are the like early adopters of that, and I and I only did it because I saw other fat people doing it both um, online and in real life. You know, I was not the brave one to do it first. There are, were people before me that have helped pave the way. But with every kind of like new sort of mini generation that sort of sees other people in the fitness world and makes makes them realise that it is a place that is that is possible for them. Like it, it's it's like so it's it feels so good to see other people represented there. Um, and I'm sure that's the same for like not just for people who look like me i'm sure they that's the same for people with disabilities um and all and all other kinds of things but my experience as a fat white able-bodied woman seeing other fat able-bodied women in fitness fitness spaces meant that i felt like it was somewhere that i could be and belong even with all of those other things that we've talked about like the microaggressions and those sorts of things i just needed one person to be there already doing it so that i could do it and I feel like being the one at the front of the class that is doing that with people in my classes of all different shapes and sizes, not everybody who comes to my classes is um, fat. Um, like that says an awful lot that and means that it, me, it makes people feel more confident about coming to the class it shouldn't be like that if fat phobia didn't exist it wouldn't matter what size the instructor was but whilst it does matter whilst it is a thing that exists there needs to be representation and having fat people stood at the front of the class leading the class means that some of those other fat people that want to come along feel like this is a space where they belong and that's what's important absolutely i love that uh, i love that you said that and what made me what made me think what it made me think of excuse me was that what you've created is a, a truly safe environment for everybody to join. And that the representation is one that is free of, of stigma and judgment and, and all of the things that go around that, like you were saying with um, fat phobia that plays such a big role and, um, and not having those environments available. And so it's so great that there are people who are going in the front line, so to speak, right? And going against the mainstream and creating these environments for anybody to join. Because I know that um, typical um, mainstream workout environments are not safe for me to go to. They're not safe for me to go to. And I'm in an able body, um, thin able body individual. Um, and they're not safe for me. And so having a place available, and I know that I'm not the only one, you know, and so having a place available where there's just body diversity in general, in a class, and, and it's not trying to, like you said, don't assume I'm a before photo, is such a perfect way of of creating a safe environment. I don't want to be a before picture. I just want to be myself. And I want and I'm glad that there are spaces and there are people out there creating that environment for people to go and feel safe and feel, feel involved and actually create a true community, right? Like it's like such a true, a true community, not like a, you can join our community when you meet this, this external view or you follow this X, Y, and Z. And so, um, what you've created is a true, um, a true inclusive community that's safe for everybody. And I think that's awesome. And 
Um, we also wanted to talk to you about your work with the Fitz Pros Against Weight Stigma uh, and that campaign. And so we would love for you to talk a little bit about that because um, I know it provides education and awareness in the fitness industry. So we'd love for you to share more about what that's doing. So we this started off as kind of um, uh, just a kind of bright idea sort of um, serve, uh like um petition about uh the fact that qualifications in the uk for fitness professionals lack any kind of like they haven't been updated for a long time there's a lot of information missing around you know the focus is very much on the calories in calories out and bmi and bmi you know reducing bmi that kind of thing all being like very prevalent in all qualifications and particularly in like personal training qualifications an awful lot around weight loss being the main focus and so the initial um uh sort of drive was about uh asking the awarding bodies to address that so um uh, amy snelling sort of started that off and she set up a facebook page and that kind of thing and from there um there was kind of a group of fitness professionals that kind of sort of got together we met on zoom a couple of times and decided that actually one of the things that we really wanted was to connect with others because it can be quite a lonely existence when you feel like you're the only person working in this way and also that there were sort of like some gaps in our knowledge and things that we wanted to learn more about um, and we realized that actually within the community there would be people that we could learn that from so we set up a network um on a platform where we could like share learning resources and that kind of thing and from there we've then also become a not-for-profit community interest company so we've actually registered as a company and there are three of us that are acting as directors currently in a voluntary capacity but um fingers crossed that won't be like that forever <laughs> um and we have created a network of fitness professionals primarily in the uk but there are others from we've got some members in australia um and across europe there are people that are joining us um and we hold monthly cpd sessions um uh, like uh, professional development sessions for members of our community we talk about um the science that underpins the work that we're doing and we have community cpd led by a community member so it's sharing our own pra good practice um and we've also written some introductory training that we are going to share with practitioners that are not yet sort of uh, weight neutral or aligned in this way to help them to understand what weight stigma is and the impact that that has on some of their clients in the hope that if clients come to them with goals that are not weight loss related that they will um consider the training that they've had and perhaps change their approach to their um to their like personal training delivery so it's very early days um but the aim is that we are raising awareness of weight stigma in the fitness industry and trying to educate both uh, those that are already working in this way but also educating those that are not yet working in this way to let them know that there is an alternative um, and sure it's about sort of uh, influencing hearts and minds but at the very basic level it's about creating more safer places for people to exercise and move their bodies that is free from or at least reducing this weight stigma that so many of us are experiencing currently so yeah, it's very exciting. Our um, website is againstweightstigma.com. 
um it's, it's we're still developing it it's still a work in progress but um yeah it's very exciting we've got new members joining us all the time um we've got a science saturday uh, every month and that has been really great um like finding out a bit more about the science and it makes you feel a bit more kind of confident in your work that there is research that backs up what we're doing and it means that you feel more able to have the conversations you bit of time thinking about it um led by somebody who understands the research better than i do you know as a layman that really helps or laywoman you know what i mean <laughs> so um yeah it's been really exciting it's still quite a new project and we've got a long way to go but we've got lots of ideas and yeah watch this well, space it sounds incredible and we would love to know what we can do to support um uh, fit pros against weight stigma and what our listeners can do if you so you have community do you have like community level like um memberships and things like that so people can join or are they one-off workshops that people can so if any of our listeners are fitness pros that want to get into this and want to become um, uh, more weight inclusive and want to have, create this kind of safe environment or they themselves are trying to get more education what what where can they like what can they do are there workshops are there all that stuff there's there's kind of both so there are some things that are for members so there's a me monthly membership fee um, and all of our sessions uh, take place over zoom currently um, and it is likely to continue that way because we're not all in the same geographical area um, and they're recorded so if, it's, if the time zone doesn't work you can watch it at another time um, the membership fee is quite a low fee it's not a huge amount of money um, so there's either a monthly membership fee where those things are included and then we also have special events and guest speakers as well that are open to members as an additional cost but also open to non-members to attend as well so the information um like as new information is added it's all against weightstigma.com and then the membership area is on a mighty network which is another platform um and uh like there's a you can join it for free and see all of the kind of community chat and then there are add-on membership options from there so um there will be other ways of um sort of supporting either financially or through um our different campaigns and that kind of thing but at the moment it's primarily through the kind of membership or buying specific kind of courses or guest speaker events so a bit of both really you don't have to commit to the whole thing you can just decide that there's a particular event that interests you awesome and then in that light if people want to find more about you and all of the classes that you are doing and all of the things that you have going on please tell them where they can find you <laughs> so um I, uh, my website is misfitsworkout.co.uk um, and that pretty much tells you everything you need to know about me, about my classes, both online and face-to-face. -face. Um, and also there's links to um, uh, like interviews that I've done, um, the books that I'm in, all of those kinds of things are featured there. There's also links to YouTube videos so you can have a look and take part before like parting with any money, you know, those those bits are there for free for anybody to access whenever they need. Um, and then there's also stuff there about my classes and how to get involved and like what the ethos of those classes are. Um, so yeah, Misfits Workout on Instagram and on Facebook and misfitsworkout.co.uk online. Awesome. Um, we have one last question as we wrap up. This has been so wonderful having you on, Becky, and um, I've really loved this this entire conversation. I think it's a really important conversation 
to have, and we're really glad that we've been able to have you on as a guest. Um, there's one question that we ask everybody who's been on this month, because this whole theme has been about um, intuitive fitness and having and being more joyful around movement. But we wanted to ask you, what do you think needs to change in the fitness industry to make it more inclusive and a supportive envi environment for all bodies? I think it needs to be more open to other ways of doing things like there are like, yeah, it needs to be more open. We need to consider other ways of, of doing things. The standard kind of fitness regime, the things that the current offer, if you think of a gym, you think of like all of the machines and you think about a room where like sweaty things happen and perhaps a room of bikes um like it needs to be different to that we need to create spaces where we can uh you know like more like play areas like with all of that stuff as well but with other things too like massive ball crawls all of those kinds of things like where is the creativity like where can we just go and dance and or sit or lie or stretch or all of those things like let's be more open-minded and try different things rather than uh just agreeing that this is what fitness looks like well thank you so much for coming on this has been amazing we know that everybody is going to love this and of course they will go all of the places to look for you it will all be in the show notes in case you guys didn't catch misfits workout all of the places <laughs> thank you so much for having me it's been a real pleasure and like i just feel i feel like my heart is full and i feel energized and invigorated so thank you it's been a real pleasure yay thank you we feel the exact same way and you guys have inspired me i was thinking about while you guys were talking about wanting to lift heavy things and i got this visceral reaction of wanting to punch things so i'm thinking maybe i'll take a <laughs> boxing or kickboxing or something would be really fun <laughs> so, sounds I'll good yeah on how that <laughs> oh goes. my gosh i love it <laughs> Hey friends, it's Christina. Thanks for listening to the Whole Hearted Eating Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your family and friends. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you can, leave a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. This really helps spread the word so more people can find the show and learn how to break out of diet culture, the body image spiral, and find a more peaceful relationship with food in their bodies using wholehearted eating. If you're interested in learning how we can work with me or Dana for one-on-one -on -one nutrition counseling, or you want to check out one of our self-paced courses, head over to wholeheartedeating.com. See you next week.